Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 93. So it's a chilly day here in the UK. I'm approaching my 100th episode, only seven more to do. Can't believe it, it's gone by really fast. And it would appear that I've still not managed to get the drop of anchor. I've been going back over some old episodes, managed to accidentally republish episode three. So anybody that thought you'd got a a new episode of Spike Pit, uh, sorry about that. (laughs) Um, No doubt I've caused endless confusion, but uh, yeah, I've done it before and it worked all right, but this time it, it, it took out my episode three and just pulled it out of the the proper sequence so I I don't know why that is I I obviously did something or other wrong anyway in this episode I've uh, got a few call-ins I'm going to get to answering those and we'll take it from there this is Angus from Kirby's Kids Colin great great discussion on BX versus Beckme and specifically your facilitation of the conversation between all the OSR anchorites uh, I have to say that, you know, this has been long overdue and much appreciated as a topic. On a personal note, I am a BX guy. Uh, that was my first D&D system. I fell in love with the Errol Otis uh, paintings on both of the boxes, and it was all over from there. But as an adult, going back and reading the Menser stuff, I really feel he was going for an educational, instructional uh, D&D. And from that aspect, it is a good uh, introduction to the game. However, from a practical standpoint at the table, for sure the Moldvay was the better reference material. And of course, now being perfected in BX Essentials. Great job. First time caller there, Angus. He does the Kirby's Kids podcast. Uh, I'm not sure how frequently they come out. Uh, and I know sometimes he does it on his own and sometimes he does it with Ray. And talking of Ray, I, I kind of uh, had some correspondence with Angus and he, he was kind enough to kind of keep me posted on Ray's uh, recovery after his accident recently. So, yeah, yeah, thanks for that, Angus. And thanks for your calling. Um, I'm glad you in, uh, enjoyed the sort of look at D&D basic and I think you've summed it up really well. I haven't talked too much about my own opinion, but um, yeah, you, you've summed it up there really. Started on basic, BX, and um, coming back to it later in life, found it a really nice rule set to kind of refer to and... Like you say, the tone of Mensa is, uh, yeah, I, I I actually think he's pretty good for teaching. Yeah, not everybody does, but I do. And when you when you just want to look up a rule and one thing and another, it can muddy the waters. You just want clear, concise instruction, and um, I think BX delivers that in spades. And like. Uh, like you mentioned as well, Gavin Norman's BX Essentials takes it up another notch. Real nice presentation. You've got the advantage of the, the modular books. 
He's clarified various points. I think he's done a particularly good job of laying out the spells in a a nice, clear, concise, easy-to-pass kind of layout. And you find the information you need more or less instantly in them spells. You don't have to read out the whole description. The key points are just... I don't really know how he does it. He does it in a similar way for his adventures, which is something I'll talk about another time. But thanks for calling in, Angus. To another caller now, a familiar voice. Hey, Colin, do a lawyer. What's up, man? First, congratulations on the weight, dude. That's great. I'm, as a fat guy, I know how hard it is, man. It's I've had my ups and downs with weight over the decades, and uh, it's hard. it sucks. It's hard and all that stuff. And keep it going, dude. Keep it going. Um, I think Eric just opened up, Eric Tankard just opened up a uh, sort of a health and weight loss Discord channel on his server. So people hang out and talking about, you know, how to get healthy and whatnot. I think we're all share that sitting on our asses our own dice too much instead of getting out there and pretending that <laughs> we are our characters in real life and hiking up mountains and hills and shit. Um, anyway, uh, good job on playing more games too, and I can't wait to uh, actually run some. Question for you. I've been hearing, this is like all of a sudden there's a resurgence in BX. I don't know why. Probably because of Jason's running the game with it and all that stuff. People are rediscovering it. A while ago, this happened when the, the Labyrinth Lord is a retro clone of BX. What's the difference between that and BX Essentials? Have you looked at it? Because, I mean, it seems like the same thing to me. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, thanks, buddy. Later. Yeah, cheers, Joe. Joe, the lawyer there. Um, talking about. Labyrinth Lord. Now, that is not something I'm qualified to talk about. I've got a PDF of it. I'd say, if I'm honest, the most I've done is flick through it. And, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I just couldn't tell you barely anything about it at all. In fact, most of the clones I'm not really up on. I've only got into... BX, pretty much as Joe suggested, um, once again, because playing in Kalmata, being on the in the Anchorite community and talking about some of these old school games, it's just kind of fired up my interest in the system. I heard about the BX Essentials books and, you know, they, they've captured my imagination. You know, I've met, I've met Gavin, I've kind of hung about with people that are singing the praises of BX so I just turned back to those old books it was where I started uh, I got copies of the Mensa Basic and um, there just seemed to be a few, a few questions in my mind and it it got me thinking I wanted to clarify some of these sort of house rules that that you hear of and I just wanted to know what was what with regards to Mensa and Moldvay, what were house rules, which rules were in one and not in another and I guess a lot of it all goes back to when I did the episode on reaction roles and I, I read somebody's blog saying about how different the reaction roles were in, in Mensa and in particular the, the table and yeah so my my questions came up quite a while ago and i just 
thought, well, why not put it on MeWe, get some thoughts from the community over there, put it out to the Anchorites, and I think it's been a interesting conversation. It's tailed off a bit now. I don't suppose we'll talk about it a lot more. Uh, something else I wanted to look at a bit more, perhaps, following on from the theme in some ways, keeping with um, Mensa and and uh, Beckme, um, is the companion rules. So I've I've been looking at some of those, and that's something I hope to come back to. So if anybody's got thoughts on the companion rules, it would be good to give us a call in and uh, then perhaps I could put the show together and include the the calls in with the show rather than in a following episode. So, yep, yeah, cheers, Joe. And, uh, yeah, the diet, yeah. I've got somebody else talking about the diet now. Hey, Colin, Aaron Clark. Wow, 12 pounds? Two weeks? Dude, you're killing it. How'd you do it? <laughs> We all want to know. Uh, sorry to clutter up your gaming podcast with my conversation about uh, my podcast. In any case, uh, hope, uh, hope hope your listeners took it all in in uh, in good faith. There. Any, anyways, man, just a quick hello. Glad to hear things are going well. Oh, and if you want a hand. Uh, Sorting out that online game, how to run an online game. I could give you a roll 20 101 if you like. All right, man, take it easy. Thanks for calling in, Aaron. Yeah, it's not a problem. You're not clattering up my podcast talking about off-gaming topics. The weight loss thing is something I put on the Audio Dungeon Discord. I kind of wanted to call it like the Battle of the Bulge because I just... I've got to get this weight off, it's important, I've explained it before, and um, it was weighing day to day in fact, so totally since starting, I think I've lost 13.2 pound in, uh, is it three weeks, yeah, starting on week four now, and yeah, how have I done it, well it takes some willpower obviously, I'm doing uh, something we call the 5-2 here in the UK, I don't know if that if that translates across the pond. It's a kind of intermittent fasting where you restrict your calories to uh, a quarter of your normal daily calories twice a week. I go, I basically fast for twenty four hours on two days of the week. So, for example, last night I had my last food around tea time, around about 6 o'clock, and then I wouldn't eat again till uh, the same time today, so 6 o'clock this evening, and I would just have a, a healthy, kind of balanced meal of up to 500 calories. Then tomorrow I go back to normal, but I restrict it to... Um, between 1500 and I think I can have up to 2000 that's the sort of recommended amount for a, a guy of my height and weight and that is often I find that a little bit excessive so I tend to 
dial it back a bit. I've upped my exercise. I'm I'm trying to stay active. I've been doing a landscaping project. Plus, I've been doing some kitchen fitting for my brother. So basically, with combining that with not drinking, uh, so I'm off of the alcohol. That's three weeks now. That saves me so many calories. Uh, the weight has been um, falling away quite nicely. You do get hungry, but the the more you do it, you just kind of get used to it. And because I keep it on a Monday and a Thursday, I've fallen into a little bit of a, uh, a regular pattern and uh, it's it's been fine. Aaron also mentioned online gaming. And um, yeah, thanks for the offer, mate. I'm still not convinced about this Roll20. I've got a call in coming up later from somebody you will recognise talking about Roll20. And uh, yeah, I, I understand the basics of it. I just, I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced it's for me, but maybe I can. And I do want to run something. Joe mentioned, uh, yeah, kind of spurring me on to run something. Aaron's offering to help me out. I've got uh, the next caller suggesting that uh, Roll20 is the way to go. So, hmm, I don't know. Arfed here. Just listening to your recent podcast and uh, just thought I'd call in about the online gaming. I think if you're looking to run a game, I still think the simplest solution is Roll20. Um, you've got your videos so you can see your players. Um, you've got audio in there, you've got your chat window on the right hand side which also doubles up as your um, dice roller. So you don't have to use the maps, you don't have to use everything, you've got everything in screen. If you want to put a little picture in, you can upload a picture and display a picture to all the players. So you don't have to have maps, you don't have to have tokens, you don't have to move around or use the lighting effects. It's free. Uh, most people have got an account and can join in. Um, so I still think that's probably your, your quickest and easiest and best option, to be honest. Cheers. So as you hear, we've got Arfid on my case as well about uh, Roll20. He's a big fan. I believe he's um, spent up on uh, the maps and everything to to get all geared up. So he's got the all singing, all dancing, Roll20 experience going on there. And uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it's a convincing point that he makes. However, I'm not... I'm, <laughs> it's that convincing that I'm still not convinced. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I'll need to give it some more thought. But in the meantime, uh, I've been working on another project. So at the moment, I'm working with some D66 tables. If you're familiar with Mage Rats, they're the tables that Ben Milton uses in that game. What I'm trying to do is... Well, firstly, I want, wanted to create a, like a name table for adding to there and back again, which is, if you recall, a game that Rayo has put out recently and I was kind of, uh, well, not sort of 
well, sort of play testing. I did some of the early plays of it, and we we were talking about it, to and fro, me and Ray, and uh, yeah, it was just really fun. And my youngest son requested that we play it again, and I thought it would be quite cool. Inspired by Ray's latest game, um, Books and Bullets, to add in some D66 tables. And one that I thought would be good would be these Folk of Wilderland, kind of a name generator. But I didn't just want the names to be as simple as that. I wanted to pick some lists of names that represented the different cultures of The Hobbit and... With each result, I I would determine so a person's identity, their culture, and their gender, just with the one role. So it's sort of, you know, a, um, a good good way into sort of forming up your idea of of a character. So with them three things, you're straight away getting a a, a picture of who your character is. And then, you know, I could come up with other tables or use some tables from Maze Rats or or whatever. So the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to, I normally do all this sort of stuff in a notepad and I wanted to start experimenting a little bit with doing some tables on perhaps Google Sheets or Google Docs or some sort of web-based app where at a pinch I could use my phone and be able to share these tables once I'd done them. I didn't want to have to go and scan my sort of pencil scrawlings or pages from my GM notebook. And yeah, I've had a I've had a, a sort of a good bit of fun doing it. I've I've done the first one, so I've got my got my name table and I'm working on one called Dark Foes. And this is another D66 table that takes sort of the idea of tags from, uh, I don't, I think it's Dungeon World or, or Perilous Wilds. I think they might both have tags in there. Also, uh, um, ICRPG uses them. And in there and back again, monsters are very s simple. So by using tags like um, bulky armour or or cruel or wicked claws, things like that, just evocative descriptors on a table, I could roll a couple of times and start to get this idea of some sort of foe or enemy that I can add into a encounter. So that was another like resource that I wanted to add. And my plan is to just keep on like that till I've got a bunch of tables. Then I'll go through, pick out the best, maybe try them in play, do some sort of um, just generate some stuff and see how it comes out. And yeah, so <laughs> that's what I've been messing about at. It's uh, been quite a fun little exercise. It's also reminded me that I kind of quite like the process of writing and, and the written word. It's not that I consider myself any type of writer, but I like words. I know it's got a fancy name. <laughs> uh, I don't like words enough to know <laughs> what the proper name is, 
But yeah, when you're writing these these tables, because you're trying to limit yourself to basically 36 words, the words you choose are really important. And I like that kind of design problem or that constraint that inspires the, the creative process. So when you do one of these tables, it's not about just filling it up. You've got to go back over it. And I'm finding myself thinking, is this a sort of word that evokes what I want to evoke? Is it a word that maybe Tolkien would have used? And unfortunately, I don't have the uh, Hobbit as an ebook. And I thought, I was even thinking, I wonder if I could just do like searches of the text to find uh, see if certain words were used. Um, obviously, this is totally over the top and unnecessary, or or I think it is, but I don't know. Maybe that level of uh, detail would really add to the sort of that, well, as Cody would say, that sort of emulation of of the of the genre or the or the or the Hobbit. You know, creating a game that really captures a flavour because you're using, you know, maybe the the same words that Tolkien would have used, and I'm quite interested by that. It's uh, it's probably a it's a bit much, really, but well, there you go. I'll give it a whirl. Well, so seemingly I've got onto a bit of a ramble there regarding d66 tables and uh, yeah that must mean we are nearing the close of this episode before i go though i do want to call out a shout out for che webster over on the role playing rescue he's finished up his series of getting people uh, old players back into the hobby and ideas for doing that and uh, yeah, he blew me away a bit with his most recent episode, the final part. It took, it was kind of like a, a confessions of a GM, or where, where he sort of sort of talking about himself as a as a bit of a failure on the GM in front. I was a bit flabbergasted actually, and um, kind of got to applaud him for his honesty. And uh, it was pretty much a, a no holds barred uh, admission of his weaknesses and uh, you know yeah take my hat off to him for that he he put in some really relevant points some problems that i think um, lots of us have have perhaps experienced and it prompted me to uh, feel the need to call in and uh, leave him some messages uh, i don't i'm not going to spoil it on on this episode but i suggest you go and give it a listen i think anybody who's listening to this will find plenty to interest them on his episode um yeah so jay if you're listening man good job sir and i like the way you came up with some ideas about solutions and what you're going to do going into the future i know this was the end of this series and i hope you come back with a, another series and don't just leave it there because that would be a crying shame. So, yeah, Che Webster, Role Playing Rescue. 
Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks to the guys who called in. Take it easy, and I'll catch you later.